Go. Hi, I'm Joe. I'm Mike. We host the Cinescape Magazine podcast and a couple of Average Joes. You can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes, wherever your favorite podcast app is. And make sure to tell your friends and family and search for Cinescape Magazine podcast. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Go. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come aside, come aside. I am Joe Spiegel. Whoopie shit. Yeah, that's right, Mr. Whoopie shit. And this is... Who you think you is? Sitting across from me... Mike Sutherland. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All right. And we are a couple of average Joes. Yes, we are. <laughs> All right. Uh, this week, we are going to be talking about... I'm sorry, this episode. We'll be talking about... Uh, Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Big fucking deal. It is, because we both really enjoyed this movie. <laughs> yes. Actually, it was very, very good. That's right. God damn it. So take it away. Yeah. So uh, this movie stars Francis McDermott. McDermott? McDermott. <laughs> Dermot Mulroney. That'd be funny. Uh, no. Um, uh, Woody Harrelson, Sam Rockwell, Abby Cornish. You know what surprised me about Abby Cornish's character? Uh-huh. She actually used her original voice. Oh, her accent. Yeah. Yeah, her yeah. accent. Yeah. John Hawks, Peter Dinklage. Um, it's a film that is written, produced, and directed by Martin McDonough, who is Francis McDormand's husband. Martin McDonough is not m- McDonough is not married. Francis McDormand is married to a Cohen. Oh, she's married to the. Oh, you're right. Cohen. You're right. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I thought she was married to. Mc- I thought she was. My fault. Because <laughs> I'm an idiot. Mike's an idiot. Uh, Joel Cohen since 1984. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right after um uh blood uh oh god blood simple I think is the name of the movie. Oh. Blood Boil? Blood, it's Blood Simple. Yeah, <laughs> blood a, blood bit Blister? I, be, I believe that was their first movie they made, was that. So uh, it's, I, I don't know if it's based on a real story. I don't think it is. No, I I, um, I know that McDonough wrote it as well as directed it. Um, but I think it might have been like a, like an inf- influence by real events. Right. Um, follows a mother who makes who takes matters into her own hands after the police in her town are unable to find a suspect in her daughter's murder. She purchases three billboards shaming the police for not solving the crime. This leads her to confrontations with the police and her fellow townsfolk, which is uh, exasperated by the personal drama among the officers themselves. And what's really good about this movie is it's a small town, and these billboards not only affect her and her family directly and and the police and everything else directly, but it affects the entire town. Yeah. And it's amazing what... One little thing can do, and this is what the whole movie is about, is what one little thing can do to change the outlook of everyone that is involved in this, whether they are directly involved or relationally involved, meaning, you know, townspeople and things like that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, first off, dude, I, I'm pretty sure we're in agreement here that the the first reason why this movie works so well is that it feels honest. These characters are honest. Um, they're not, they're not cardboard cutout characters. They're the interactions between them. They, they, they come off as real. Like when, when you have, when you're dealing with real human beings, you know, you're going to have conflict, right? Not nothing every, is, nothing yeah. is black and white. Yeah. And you know, people aren't going to agree on everything, but sometimes even when two people are, are butting heads about something, when something more serious comes in, in involved in the situation, you know, the real humanity in a person can come out, you know, and, you know that 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 scene where you know with with Woody, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I'm just talking about you know I need this as a, po- a reasoning you know, point. But the part where Woody Harrelson is in the hospital and she's talking to him, and where Francis McDormand is talking talking. No, to no, him. not hospital. She had been arrested. 
Oh, is that, okay. It was the interrogation room. Right, right. Okay, my bad. And he's talking to her, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he, you know, because he's got stomach cancer. Pancreatic. Or pancreatic, yeah. yeah. And um, he ends up accidentally, uh, inadvertently coughing blood right into her face. Right. And her first reaction is, are you okay, baby? Right. You know, and, and the, it was so earnest, you know. It was like they, she instantly could put everything aside that she was dealing with because this man was hurting right in front of her. Right. And that was really fucking good because that if she's a good person, if her character's a really honest good person, then that 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 that's the most honest portrayal that she you could do. Yeah. And it was really good. Yeah, the the whole thing, the whole movie in and of itself is that one moment all the time. Yeah. And I mean, you have Woody Harrelson who plays uh Sheriff Willoughby. Yeah. And he isn't a dick. You know, no. he, he's he's not gonna he's not there he's not gonna beat you up or whatever else. He's looking at the entire situation, and his character at the end of the story is really a a fantastic look at the the inner th- process of a person, not necessarily a cop, yeah, but the inner process of how a person thinks, and and then you have Sam Rockwell, I um. Uh, Sandy Martin. Okay, Sandy Martin. Plays his mom, yeah. Yeah, I can't never remember what other movie she was in. She played in. the grandma in Napoleon Dynamite. That's right. And then she also was on, she's on a few episodes of uh, Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, uh, she uh, Big Love. Yeah, I never watched Big Love, but yeah. Um, she was in Speed? When yeah, that, was China Speed? Moon, Defenseless, Hot Tamale, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia's Max Mom. She was, in, she was a policewoman in 48 Hours. <clears throat> okay. Uh, she was Mrs. Meredith in Real Genius. <laughs> I only I watched most of that um, a couple months ago on uh, on Hulu. I, I I never finished it, but all right. Yeah, yeah. She's she's very 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 homely looking lady, but she's a she's a good actress, man. Oh, look at her when she was younger. See, hmm. there she is in Forty Eight Hours. Okay. So she played the one of the bad cops in Forty Eight Hours. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, she was very attractive when she was younger. Do, 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 do. All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, she's, uh, when she pops up on something, she's always, uh, entertaining for what she, you know, what little part she has. Yeah. She's, she's wonderful in, in the movies that she plays in, especially in this one. Yeah. Um, where she just plays a person that uh, she just doesn't give a shit. No. Yeah. She's already experienced her life and she just wants to chill and, you know, and, and give her son a little bit of shit here and there. <laughs> yeah. But she's also, she's also, one of those people that directly influences her son, you know, she 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 plays a character that directly influences the way her son thinks. Yeah, you know, and not not like for long term, like immediate. Yeah. So she'll suggest something, and then he'll fucking oh, actually go he, and do he's it. He's straight up a mama's boy. Yeah, and Sam Rockwell, Jesus Christ, how Get much this better? Man a fucking Oscar already. How, how how much? This guy is so fucking phenomenal. Yeah. With acting, I mean, just in 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 Iron Man two. Oh, fucking loved him as Justin Hammer. And and then Moon. Have the, you ever seen Moon? No, I've never seen Moon. And, I, and everybody that I it's a solo performance that's fucking amazing. Yeah, he was in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> Beeblebrox was that his name? Beeblebrox. Uh, he played he played Beeblebrox. Yeah. In um, Hitch, yeah, in Hitchhiker's. Dude, Guide he's in the... Gentleman Broncos, and that I already talked about that movie before. He's in all of the um the the sequences about the book. Zaphoid Beeblebrox. And that's he's what it is. fucking hilarious in it, dude. He's um, absolutely hilarious in it. Yeah, he was in the he his debut role was in Clown House. I think he was also a drug dealer in The Sitter with yeah. uh, Jonah Hill. It's fucking hilarious in that. And then he did. Yeah, he was in a bunch of small roles. Galaxy Quest. Uh, he was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, he plays the head um, punk kid in that runs the uh, warehouse that all the the Foot Clan kids are at. 
So at the end of the movie, when when the kids are talking to the cops, and he go he goes check out the warehouse over at Ladman Island, you'll, you'll get your answers there. That's yeah. fucking. That's he was in a Samuel Miller Park. commercial in 1994. Yeah. That allowed him to finally pursue acting full time. Okay. Oh, you know what? Here, I know. I don't want to interrupt you too much, but remember the part in, in Ninja Turtles where the kid's giving a tour of the warehouse and he goes, cigarettes. He goes, you got any cigarettes? And then no. the, the guy goes, he pulls out two cartons. He goes, regular or menthol? No. Nope. You don't remember that? That, that was no. Rockwell. Because I don't, I don't think I ever saw the, I, I saw the original movie, but I love that fucking movie. Um, Rockwell won the biggest leading role of his career as a gong show host, Chuck Barris. And if you've never seen the confessions of a dangerous mind that is a phenomenal fucking movie i've heard it is that's one of those rare times i have that i i've heard of, you know of a, of a critically acclaimed movie that i've never seen and i've watched it is it's good yes it's really really good it's funny and and weird and sad yeah. and i love to see him dance he, he dances in some of his movies like charlie's angels there's one quick scene where he dances um the sitter when he, as a drug dealer he dances uh what else Oh, well, of course, in Iron Man 2, when he's walking up to the stage yeah. during the conference, he's fucking dan- doing that quick little fucking shuffle thing. It's awesome. He's that guy's, that guy's He's got soul. Yeah, he was almost cast as Iron Man. Yeah. Um, his, but him and him and, uh, Hitchhiker's guy, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. He was, he's really, really, God damn it. This guy is so good, it's sick. <laughs> um, he plays George, in, in August 2017, um, he was cast to play George Bush in Adam McKay's upcoming biopic, as you say, yeah. of Dick Cheney. Um, he's doing Backseat. That's the name of the film. The Best of Enemies, Mute, Blue Iguana, Blaze. Like, all of these movies that a uh, woman walks ahead, all of these movies that he does yeah. are, I mean, look, when when he, start, when he started doing um, movies, he did Last Exit to Brooklyn. He was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And then you, like, Strictly Business, okay, Jack and his friends. In the Soup, what? Light Sleeper, Hell, Happy Hell Night, Somebody to Love, The Search for One-Eyed Jimmy, Drunks, Glory Days, Mercy, Bad Liver, and Best A Broken yet. Heart. All, all of these movies you don't, these are all fucking, like, indie movies. Yeah, Basquiat was definitely an independent film that got some praise. Well, he was in Green Mile. And then he was in Galaxy Quest and Charlie's Green Angels. Mile. That, I always forget about him. In the Green Mile, he played the asshole prisoner. He's the one you find out raped the little girls that that um, that Michael Clark Duncan's character was accused of. Right. He played the racist guy in there. Um, he was really fucking good in that as that role. I mean, you lo- you you hated him. His character was so repulsive. Uh, Galaxy Quest. He was the side character. You know, oh, that's not right. <laughs> yeah. And he was in Charlie's Angels, and then he goes and does a bunch of small little movies. Yeah. And he does Thirteen Moons and Heist. But then he goes and does Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Matchstick Men with uh, Nicolas Cage. Yeah, Hitchhikers. Yep. The uh, F word. Well, no. Oh, yeah, he was in Jesse James uh, by the coward Robert Ford. Right. Um, Choke. Yeah, he played, I believe he played, uh, wait, no, wait. I don't know I don't know what role he played in that. He wasn't, because he wasn't Robert Ford and he wasn't He was Jesse Charlie James. Ford. He was, yeah, duh, god damn it. He, yeah, he <laughs> And then he was in Moon. Moon. I think Moon really was the um, the one that got him noticed. Yeah, Moon was really good. Um, like it's I said, it's a one man performance. Uh, was he in Cowboys? I, you know, I only saw Cowboys and Aliens. Yes, he was in Cowboys and Aliens. He played a guy named Doc. Yeah, I, I just don't remember. I only saw him once. I Seven Psychopaths, the Marvel one shot, All Hail the King, yeah, Poltergeist, Justin Hammer behind bars. It was funny. Um, but anyways, 
all of these things. Oh, um, that's for family. He's the neighbor. He's yep. the fucking uh, the the pie, or the the uh, cokehead neighbor next door that gets all the hot chicks. Yeah, yeah. All of these things. I mean, look at all the fucking accolades. He <laughs> that picture is awesome, by the way. <laughs> All all of these accolades about I mean in and the entire cast is full of these people. Yes. I'm not we're not just the I mean, whole cast is we're jizzing all worst. over fucking Sam Rockwell, but Francis McDermott was great in this. I'll jizz all over her. Woody Harrelson was fucking uh, again, he is another guy just like yeah. Sam Rockwell it's that like, needs to be recognized. Who should win the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor this year? Should it Peter be Woody? Dinklish. Should it be Woody? Should it be Sam Rockwell? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh but everybody, um, even uh, Zelko Ivanic, yeah, who's a death sergeant, he plays yeah. Cedric Connolly. <laughs> he was in, um, he was in in Bruges. He played a, a small character yeah. in that one. So. Well, he does a he does a lot of stuff. I he mean, does. it's not just in Bruges. He 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 was yeah. in, um, you name it. He was in the Born Legacy. He always plays one of those guys. He, usually he was in plays Live like, Free or Die Hard. He usually plays like a kind of an asshole in movies. Yeah, know? he usually plays as like scientists. Uh, X Men Apocalypse. He played a scientist. Yeah. Um, seven psychopaths. He w- which he was in with um, uh, Sam Rockwell. Yeah. He was um, in Argo, the Born Legacy, Live Free or Die Hard. Yeah. Do you know who we've one. seen now? Donnie the, Brasco. Remember how like earlier in the year, um, that one uh, that one um, actress uh, what was her Ruby Rose or uh-huh. whatever her name was. We've seen her in like three things this year. Yeah. Well, now there's someone else we've seen three things in, and it's Caleb Landry Jones. Right. We saw him in Get Out. Yeah, I don't. He's one of those guys that I still I don't like his look. Well, I'll tell. I don't like his look. <laughs> look, look. His his look is annoying to me. But I'll tell you what, man. Pasty faced albino motherfucker. I know. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. After seeing him in Get Out, this movie, and in American um, American Made, uh-huh. dude, motherfucker is an awesome actor. Uh, he played three completely different roles this year, and I think he knocked every single one of them out of the park. Contraband, Byzantium. No Country for Old Men, Men, Super Bad. We've already talked about what he's done, but yeah, he's uh, a get out, low yeah. down, heaven knows. Safe. I didn't see the Florida Project, but he would fit in that kind of movie because the movie's full of like white trash people. Yeah, so. Social Network. He's good at playing um, a, a white trashy like guy. So um, yeah, he was good in this. I, you know, no, he's a great. He's a he's a good actor. He's not he's not Woody Harrelson or Sam Rockwell. Great, but this this. The scenes that he was in when yeah. he played the uh, advertising guy, yeah, were, were awesome. You know, everyone in this movie's good, dude. Everybody, yeah, I, I, yeah there, there wasn't a fucking le- weak um, link in this in this movie um, whatsoever. Yeah, Clark Peters, who played the um, the cop who took over yeah, for everybody, the sheriff. He played uh, Amber Crombie. Um, that guy, he was really good too. You know, uh, I love how like Sam Rockwell when he first sees him after that that fucking long take where he goes yeah, and he throws looking at where he throws you know Landry through the fucking window uh-huh. and he walks by and goes what the fuck you looking at right yeah <laughs> guess what <laughs> you know I'm looking at you motherfucker yeah what you mean who am I looking at yeah how dare you talk to me like that <laughs> I don't come into that police station and whoop your ass <laughs> you're some kind of racist there buddy <laughs> really yeah well just he's a like K packs wow K packs yeah. Uh yeah, th- this guy um, uh, Clark Peters, he doesn't do like big fucking movies. Like he was in Outland, that's a big movie. Uh-huh. Uh, Notting Hill was a big movie. K Pax, um, but like you know, Marley and Me, well, John was, Wick. Yeah, we talked about fuck, him being in John Wick. He was, that was a cop. A huge fucking movie. Uh, John Wick. So was Marley and Me. It was a huge movie. Searching for Sunny. Uh, but all of these, he's he's mostly a TV guy. Uh, yeah. People of Earth. Oh yeah, he's on Blacklist Redemption. Jessica Jones. 
Um, yeah, he played a cop in Jessica Jones. Yeah, True Detective. I think Blue he played Bloods. a bad cop on Jessica Jones. And Life on Mars, Walking the Dead, whatever that means. He was on The Wire. He was on Treem. I've never seen Treem, but it's like some way it's like it's Treme. They always say I always heard him say Treem. It's Treme. <coughs> anyway, it's French Treme. Oh, well, it's in the fucking hood, so I doubt they call it Treme. I bet they say Treem. It's Treme. Okay. Treme, right there. All right, motherfucker, fine. All right, good. It's a, it's a neighborhood in New Orleans. So, yeah, so back to the characters, man. It, you know what? There's another honesty about it. Like, if you notice that when it comes to her daughter... Where are you going? I'm going down to Treem. Treem, New Orleans. How dare you talk to me like that? Motherfucking Fucking. McDormand. My, <laughs> all right? <laughs> Mc, so I'm sorry. That's right. I know you're in this fucking mode right I now. Am. All right. Um, How dare you talk to me like that, motherfucker? <laughs> so I'm sitting here talking about <laughs> Francis McDormand, or Woody Harrelson. You're all on the dream. What I also like God about the characters is that look, McDormand's character yeah. is very strong, and she's standing up for herself for a lot of things. But if you notice that when her husband, her ex-husband, comes around, yeah, that's when she shows her weakness as a person. Like he still has some power over her, you know. Like when he grabs her by the throat, you know, she stands up to him, but you know, she doesn't uh-huh. like. Still, she, she yeah she she has these these weaknesses that yeah. for some reason she can't deal with the fact that her ex husband is fucking some nineteen year old yeah the same age as her as their daughter that they lost yeah pretty and, much. and and she has no she has no willpower to deal with him because he's one of these guys that he's um he's like a he's snake he's a snake oil salesman right and you can tell that he was abusive to her yeah um, when he they were still married yeah and and what he does is like he starts talking to her all nice. And then he fucking like in in this first scene that we meet him. Yeah, he walks into the house and he's like, "What the fuck's going on here?" What's up with these billboards? Yeah. yeah, and then he starts talking to her all nice, and then she says something to piss him off, and he fucking flips the table yeah. over and you know slams up against the wall. The son gets defensive. Yeah, and it, you know, and the way that it played out was like this isn't the first time this has happened. Right. Like this is almost like a routine for them. You know. Yeah. And it's just like, God damn, that's fucking brutal. But And Frances McDormand's character, Mildred, deals with it in the only way that she can deal with it. I mean, she's she's not physically as powerful as him. Yeah. You know, so she has – so when he, when the husband uh, – um, John Hawks. Thank you. Um, Charlie. When when the husband does get physical with her – because you can see, I mean, he's, he's wiry, but he's yeah. built to fucking, you know, do some damage. Yeah. Um, when he realizes what what he's doing, he doesn't let up, you know, but he also takes a step back. Yeah. You know, he doesn't let up in his intensity of how angry he is at the situation, and his anger is unjustified. Yeah. Because he doesn't give a shit. He's been, he hasn't been part of the family. Let me find out that they want, you know, uh, that the, 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 da- the daughter. He's got his own guilt, too, because his daughter died without him being there to watch her. Right, and and yeah. and we find out that the daughter wanted to move in with him, and but, now he's compensating for it by being with Penelope. Right, yeah, which is creepy in and of itself. But um, and then th- that was funny about the Samara Weaving's character, you know. And I just mentioned her when I talked about the the babysitter, right, on Netflix because she's the main character on that, and then she's fucking great in it. Um, and then yeah, in this half she's a scene. yeah, and in this she's like completely different character where she's this innocent nineteen year old, and she always adds. Um, what do you call it brevity or like a lightness to every scene because there's always this tension when 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 McDormand and, and and Hawks are in the same room together and when she and then all of a sudden when it shows her it always ends up lightening lighting the mood a little bit in some way I don't remember uh, the scene of them being with the dad the scene that they were talking about is when he's 
when it's McDormand and her son, and he's eating breakfast. She comes in. She has to use the bathroom, remember? And it, oh, it, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the daughter. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. She, yeah, and she's like. Not well, Angela. Angela was uh, played by Catherine Newton. Yeah. Um, 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 she's the one I that got, got mixed up. Yeah. My fault. Yeah, Penelope was the, the 19-year-old girlfriend. Right. Yeah, no, that, the, there, that was that whole scene whenever she shows up and yeah. she has her lines and stuff like that mm-hmm. and she just ta- starts talking about whatever and yeah. it just gets like awkward yeah because she has this bubbly <laughs> happy personality yeah and then she's like okay i'm gonna go now <laughs> you know yeah yeah it's it just like and oh, by the way i'm not i'm not a zoo girl or whatever she's saying yeah, yeah. I, I don't work at the zoo anymore i work at an animal shelter or, yeah it just yeah, and and that stuff is. I mean, it's 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 funny, but it's also it adds realism to to life because life isn't always just straight up, just all anger and then you know all funny and then all this and all that. You know, there's always a mixture, right, of, of certain things that yes, happen. Absolutely. So, um, I mean, and then I one of my favorite parts of the entire film. I actually, no, I'm sorry, my favorite part of the entire film besides that long take where Woody fucks up uh, Landry Landry Jones, um, was when you mean you mean Sam. Um, who, oh, who did I say? Did I say? You said Woody. I said, I said Woody. All right. Well, I'm sorry. When Officer Dixon goes in there and he fucks up Caleb Landry Jones's character. Um, besides that scene was the scene where it was all of Woody um, doing the voiceover of the letters that he was reading to everybody. You know, when it was being read to his wife um, about him committing suicide. You know, spoiler alert. <laughs> but um, but also um, when the letter comes to uh, to McDormand's character about you know like you find out that he's the one that's been paying you know the extra month and stuff like that for the billboards and and it was just like his little jab back at her right you know and that's the part i was talking about when he writes these letters he writes three letters one to his wife you know which is very heartfelt and and honest and weird and and everything that woody harrelson's character is and yeah and everything he said everything he needed to say yeah you know and then and then he writes one to francis mcdermott which basically says I'm the one that paid for your that you know the five thousand dollars to for your billboard. Yeah. So the joke is on you, ha ha. You're gonna have to look at those every day for the next month after I've died. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I hope you can keep a good attitude. You know, and, and he explains everything in that letter yeah. about the whole procedure. He's like, I wish there was more that we could do, but he blah, went through blah, every blah. avenue. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, it's like, what can you do? He has to do other things too. You know. So you know, it, it made sense. I like that you 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 got different perspectives on it. You know what I mean? It wasn't all just from her perspective, so that you're completely on her side about the whole thing through the whole movie. Instead, you're like you you can you can empathize with Woody's character. You know, you can see what he's going through, right? But it's like fuck everybody else though, because like say when the preacher comes along, right, played by Nick Searcy, and. Uh, and he's trying to, you know, talk to her about taking the billboard down and shit, and she just fucking rails into him. <laughs> you never even see him again for the uh, rest of the movie. Uh, and not only that, he, he, she goes on to talk about the whole, you know, church, and you know, you, you may be, you, you and your gang, yeah. right? You know, this whole thing about gangs, bloods and, and crips, and, and bloods and crips, yeah. and and you know, um, this new law that you know, the association law, which is basically. You may not know what's going on in your church when all of your priests are buggering or fucking the little choir boys. Yeah. And she literally just looks at him and goes, fucking your little choir boys. You may be upstairs reading your paper, having some tea or having a drink or whatever, yeah. or catching up on the news of the, of the day. You know, Or you may be involved. Who knows? I can't say you are. I can't say you ain't. But you are guilty by association. Yeah. So when you come to me with all your bullshit, 
fuck off. Yeah, finish your tea and then get the fuck out of my house. That's awesome. That was so great. It was. It was an awesome scene, man. I uh, I really so yeah. I dude. I I just. I like how also that anything predictable about the movie ends up not being predictable. Right. I, I, you know, I just, um, it, it, you know, the way it ends, you know, like with the whole, you know, the guy from out of town could possibly be the murderer. Right. And things like that. And the, and the fact that like when, when Rockwell does the, the, where he gets, he makes it look like he's super drunk, which he probably was, but he was, you know, at least, at least partially drunk. Well, every time he walked. Yeah. The way he walked, uh-huh. that whole thing was... Like his entire character, like his droopy eyes and 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 his slouch, and you know when when he felt like he had confidence, but you know, you know what what did she call him? Hey, fuckhead! When when she walked into the police station and looked at him, and goes, "Hey, fuckhead, come here!" Yeah, you know you can't call me fuckhead. How, <laughs> who do you think you is? Call me fuckhead! I didn't come to my station. Call me you, fuckhead. You don't let her just call you a fuckhead and then come to you right walk up to yeah. your desk. That's illegal. <laughs> That's not illegal. <laughs> But yeah, everybody do fucking Dinklage, man. Dinklage is a cool character. Yeah, you know, and he didn't give you know he he really likes yeah. McDormand's character. I held the ladder for you. Yeah, you know, and it's just I like the the I, I'll say it again. I like the honesty of the characters, man. Yeah, and look, I, I mean, the ending might to some people they might think that it might be a little too unbelievable that the fact that her and Rockwell are driving off to go possibly kill this this rapist murderer, you know, but. Who's to say that you know it isn't impossible? You know what I mean? They're they're all they're everyone's trying to find their own form of closure in this movie, right? And that you know, and she, you know, I I like how Rockwell has this turnaround in care. I like I like I like a redeemable character, you know, where the most of the movie sets him up as this fucking asshole who's going to end up getting his just dessert, you know, just desserts by the end, right? And instead, he does get his just desserts, but then there's this there's the turnaround and. He starts to see some of the error of his ways, and he tries to make things better. And that seems more realistic to me than just the the cardboard cutout villain, where you know he's evil through and through, and there's no changing him at all. Right. You know, it it, it fucking worked for me. Because I'll tell you what, I, even though I really liked Sam Rockwell's performance in this movie a lot, if they hadn't have done that with him, I, I wouldn't probably be talking as much about him if if, if they hadn't have done it. Well, the other thing is, is that you can see that. The amount that he was drinking, his, the alcohol and whatever else, yeah, and his mom being in his head all the time, and until he read that letter by Woody Harrelson, you know, which flips his thinking on the whole thing, until he reads that letter, yeah, and says, "You could be really good at this job, but you need to let go of this. You need to let go of that. You need to stop. You know, you need to really think about what you're doing. Yeah, stop being so fucking angry all the time. Yeah, and and that was that's the that's also the problem with Francis McDermott's character." Where and Peter Dinklage brought up the same exact thing. Yeah. All you do is hate. All you do is have a problem with everything. You have a problem with everyone and everything. No matter how much we try, no matter how much we we attempt to make it easier for you to help you out, you don't want help. You don't want anybody else because you're a miserable, insufferable bastard. Yeah. And then he fucking well, you know, I had the ladder. I I even held the ladder for you, and he walks away. Yeah. Right. And then she picks up the fucking bottle of champagne and it looks like she's going to club her fucking ex-husband yeah. over the head with it. And then she, and he looks at her ex-husband yeah. and says, treat her well. And then, look, the movie could have done that simple crowd-pleasing thing, right? Which is she beats the shit out of him with the bottle. Right. Right? But they didn't do that, did they? They did, they did the more realistic thing where, you know, yeah. you know, she looks right at uh, you know, Penelope's character <laughs> and, she's, and then she looks back at him and she says, 
You treat her right. All right. You know, don't well, don't fucking hurt this girl. And here's what it comes down to is what I've always said to you and what my father has always said to me, which is do it right. Do it right the first time, yeah. right? And what, by doing it right, doing it right is hard work. You can take the easy way out and just fucking do the Hollywood ending, typical, oh, we caught the bad guy and everything's good yeah. and, you know, everybody's going to get their piece of the pie and, you know, everybody's going to, you know, be fucking instant millionaires and win the lottery, right? And that's that's typical Hollywood bullshit ending. Yeah. Or you do it the right way, which makes it even more difficult because doing it right requires work. Yeah. And nobody wants to work, you and me included. <laughs> Because we just want to do a fucking podcast and hope everybody listens to it, right? Yeah. And it takes effort. Yeah. It takes effort for a business. It takes effort for someone to write. And it takes effort for all of this to come together and and be right. And that's what's so good about this is you can see the effort in this movie from the director and the writer all the way down to the lowest of the cast. Yeah. You know, I mean, and nobody in the cast is low. But what I mean is, you know, all the bit players, all, all oh, the even, extras, even all the whatever. Even the extra, little, the, the 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 small character, um, play uh, Pamela at the advertising company. Yeah, you know, she only had a couple lines, but she was fucking great. Yeah, you know, she got punched in the face. What the fuck? <laughs> God damn. Yeah, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Oh Boop. man. You know, it just that is. This is just a good movie, man. It, it, it's you walk away from it. How we didn't even fucking walk away for, I mean, we sat there for a good, what, five minutes after the credits were over. If that, yeah. You know, just talking about it. Like, this is fucking good. And this is this is the kind of movie that I that I enjoy watching in theaters, you know, especially when we, we pay all this money to see all of this, you know, flash and, and you know, glitz and glamour, uh, you know, special effects and stuff, when the story always ends up being the most important thing, you know? And look, I, I'm not taking anything away from, from Thor Ragnarok because that's still one of my favorite movies of the year. But when it comes to actual full-on substance, this movie is fucking light years ahead of pretty much almost everything we've seen this year, you know? So even though it's got a long-ass title, I, I mean, three three billboards outside Emming, uh, Missouri is probably, it is one of the best films of the year. Absolutely. And... <laughs> hopefully we can see a couple more before Oscar season comes along. Like hopefully you'll come around on on Lady Bird because everyone's loving that movie too. Yeah, <laughs> I know you're not a fan of Laurie Metcalf, but you know what? You've been proven wrong with a few actors before, like like uh, Ted Danson and I, I have been wrong. So you know I'm not big on Laurie Metcalf when she acts neurotic, except when she was on Roseanne. But um, like when she was in Scream Two and you find out she was the murderer, it you know it was a little too over the top. But Spoiler alert. <laughs> was it 20 years later oh, sorry <laughs> whoopsie my bad I'm so sorry <laughs> but yeah I, I mean there, there's certain you know I, I, I some actors to me get better over age you know like um, I, I was never a fan of Mary Steenburgen's and then in the last like 10 years I, I, I started to like her work a lot more so I right go figure all right anyway um, all right so I, I'm probably I haven't written my review for this movie yet but I'm probably going to give Three billboards outside Emming, Missouri. Um, an eight and a half. Yeah, I'm there. Eight and a half or nine. Yeah. Um, this is a phenomenal movie. Um, usually, I don't. I'm not like big into talkie talkie pictures. Yeah. Because you know, I'm just not into it. But this one kept me interested throughout the whole movie, like because of this underlying who did it. Yeah. And we never, we never find out who did it because. It's, 
it's it's never as easy as oh he did it. It's never cut and dry, dude. This yep. isn't an episode of Law and Order where or or NCIS, right? Where the you know the killer is discovered in the first you know thirty five minutes, right? Right. And then you already know, and then case over, case yeah, closed. Yeah, and then they do they do a blood test or a piss test or yeah or whatever. You know, it, I mean, the you know when you find out, it's like it was deflating. You know, when when you find out that the guy you know the blood test didn't match up, right? You know, it, it's. You you feel like the, the the disappointment that came in. You see it in Rockwell's face when 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 he's told that it, this isn't the guy, right? You see it because he really wanted to help out with this thing, you know. And so when he felt disappointed, I felt disappointed. Not disappointed in the movie, disappointed with the character. And that's that that's why this movie has such good writing to it, you know. And I, I think this will be up for best original screenplay. I hope so. I hope it fucking wins something. Yeah, I think it will. I think uh, I think Woody and and uh, and Sam Rockwell have a really strong shot at best supporting actor, um, and then also of course McDormand for best actress. Uh, and then you know, I mean, the the smaller characters, you know, I, I don't think they're you know they're gonna get, but whatever, it doesn't matter. We both like the movie, and it, it's it, I'm, I have no regrets seeing it. Yeah, so that's all that matters. All right, so that's all we got for this one. Um, the next movie we will be talking about will probably be The Disaster Artist, which is uh, based on the book about the making of The Room. Maybe. By Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> maybe. And, uh, well, yeah, maybe, but probably. Uh, you know, we'll see. Anyway. Um, I'm I'm so, I'm just pissed about the fact that it was pulled from the theater. I, I you know, that was fucking weird, man. I, I, go figure. So, but I still want to see it because you know I, I the little the, the little fun cult following that this movie has had um, the you know, the original movie The Room and and the, the fun that people have made fun of it it's just it's built the movie up for me this is in a way this movie for me is almost like how Rocky Horror Picture Show is for other people yeah you know so uh, and the fact I love Franco and company you know uh, you know Seth Rogen all those guys doing this it's fucking hilarious man when I saw the trailer for it I, I thought it was a joke at first I thought they were mocking. And it, it, I mean, in a way, they are mocking, but still. It, anyway, so we'll talk. Hopefully, we'll see that movie. We'll talk about it next time. All right. Yes. All right. So, me, you, you out. Bye. Bye. Good show, jolly good show, jolly good show indeed. Hakuna matata, bitches. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out at a couple of averagejoes.com. And please make sure that you leave a comment and share the podcast. That would be awesome. Have a good night. This is the end. It's the end. Finito! The end, I tell you! We're all going to nibble the dust! Or go fuck yourself.